This week on Brew Bloods, we're headed to the island of Kauai, Hawaii, and we're interviewing someone that is related to craft beer, a maker of the ancient fermented beverage known as mead. Plus, we talk about our island adventure and our favorite things we've seen. Aloha, beer buddies. This is Brew Bloods. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. Welcome to episode 62 of Brew Bloods. We are again podcasting sort of live from uh, Kalaheo, Hawaii on the island of Hawaii. We're never podcasting live. What do you always sort of say? Or it's never even sort no, of. No, no. We are podcasting live. We're yeah, just not true. live to everybody else. Well, yeah. But we are technically... I guess we're always podcasting We're always live. live. That's true. We're never yeah. recording from beyond the grave. And it's strange because this week, Mark and I can see each other. Exactly. And it feels weird. It does feel weird. It's, I feel like our quality is going to go down a notch. Exactly. We're going to have a subpar show because I can <laughs> finally see your face after all these yes. many months. Exactly. Because... What we what you don't know is that when we normally record, not only do we have giant banks of monitors hiding us from each other, <laughs> but when we reveal ourselves from when we finish the show and yeah. or before the show, we are each wearing machine masks on That's top true. of that. That very, is very true. Very gimp style, complete with the mini zippers. But the only part that opens is the mouth, not the eyes. Oh yeah, so. the eyes are fully zippered yeah, shut. Exactly. Of course. So we're we're podcasting blind. That's why we mouth well. breathe on the air too. You're like, <laughs> yeah, harder, yeah. harder. Oh god, <laughs> zip me up harder. Exactly. I don't know what machine masks are for. I don't know what that means. F holes. That's all yeah. I know about. Exactly. So uh, we're still on the. Uh, this is our uh, second show here on the island of Kauai. The Kauai, Hawaii. The f- what the fourth westernmost island of the chain? Uh, if yeah. You don't count Nihau. Yeah. Uh, where we're the most western of the main. Islands. True. Uh, there's a lot of maps that, strangely enough, don't include the island of Nihau, and right. there's a reason for that. One, they're a very um, oh exclusive community. They, they don't are. have, from what I understand, they don't have power nor running water, and they prefer it that way. Yeah. There's a naval base there, but a very small community of uh, exclusive people who don't want you on their island. <laughs> exactly. You can do boat tours, but that's about it. They don't want you stepping in that island. Yeah. Uh, but you yeah, you around it. They don't want you stepping yes. on it. They, but a lot of times you'll see the island chain stop at Kauai. Although I did see Anthony Bourdain did get on there. Did he? And uh, they had a little cookout, and they said if you have the spirit of Aloha, you're welcome. So I don't know if you have enough of that to go over there. Um, you did ask me when I came here a week later if uh, Maui Brewing Company labels had changed on the mainland yeah. because you'd already become uh, exactly. native. Just because you've been here one week more than me. That's right. Aloha, brother. So you're, you're very fake native, but you're kind of like pseudo-native now. <laughs> yeah. In a fake way. So we're here, and I thought we would talk about, we've got, this is a, another, all of our episodes are special, but this is more special than others, because we've got an interview this time with Stephanie from the Nani Moon Mead Company. Now, you may be asking yourself, much like our Smoking the Bandit episode, why are we talking about mead? Well, mead yeah. is a fermented beverage, and it's not just com- like kombucha. It's actually a beverage that is way older fermentation-wise than it, beer. that's less questionable than the Smoking Bandit one. Uh, I doubt that. It was still yeah. a fermented beverage. It was, but, you know, it's also a terrible mainstream beer. This one it is was. at least, it this was. is at least, you know, unique wine beer-esque yeah. you know type esque i know it i know it predates those things but you know it's yeah. probably like a high it's more of like a wine but like a different type of wine yeah it's got the consistency of wine um somewhere between wine but it's fermented so yeah but you know it counts it's a fermented beverage and it uses almost the exact same process as yes. beer so we went to we came to the island we we dedicated ourselves the entire trip to visiting all the fermentation places on the island and dedicated it there are three of those and we yeah. got interviews at, at none of the beer companies because they refused to acknowledge us <laughs> 
And uh, we got one. In, we stopped in Nani Moon just. On, we had a great interview at the Mead Place. We did. It was awesome. And well, I say we. Mark got a great interview at the Mead Place. Yeah. Well, the beer places hated us, of course. And uh, and Mark cut me out at the Mead Place. I so. didn't cut you out. You just didn't want to ask any questions. I was going to ask, and I was like, uh, and then you just kept going. You were so, hiding in the corner. Just so like, you hear one hundred percent. You were hiding in the corner, just like me. one of the last scenes of Blair but, Witch when that girl's hit, uh, hiding in the corner. That's pretty much what happens. So, anyways, we'll look forward to that later. But I thought for now we would at least talk about. Our experiences here on the island, because probably, sure. I think, I don't want to say Kauai is the, one of the more ignored islands, but it's not one of the more popular islands. When you think of Hawaii, uh, you probably think of... more rural islands. Yeah, it's more rural. You think of, yeah. you, I, I would imagine most people probably think of Hawaii Five O. you know, Oahu, the island, the city of Honolulu. They probably sure. think of Maui. And you don't not necessarily think, think about Kauai. most of your exposure is going to come from Oahu in general. Yeah, and Kauai is a small island, and it's the... Aside from Nihau, the most, the westernmost island, and the rooster capital of the world, it is. So, the a brief history of the place is that I don't know the exact year, but a number of years back, there was a hurricane that hit the island, as we almost experienced this week. Sure. And a bunch of people had chickens, and well, what happened was the hurricane um, collapsed one restaurant, the Bullshed, back in the day, and they had to rebuild. But uh, that's a local's favorite. That's the Bullshed. Bullshed. Just to and it also destroyed a lot of people's coops and fences, and so chickens just went everywhere. And rather than try to recapture them all, they decided we're just going to let them roam free. So, and they sure do. They are everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere. Yes. If it's outside, there's a rooster and a, a flock of chickens. And or a chicken. Yes. And, yeah, exactly. And lot of little tiny baby chickens. Oh, yeah. Not chicken abortions. No, no. Not your regular. Not eggs. Not your normal. Although there probably are a lot of eggs around, too. Probably. Not your normal uh, yeah. morning breakfast uh, chicken abortion. But, yeah, a lot of live non, non-chicken Unless abortions. Unless you eat tiny real chickens every morning, right. then it's not the normal. Yeah. Non, like real live non-abortions. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. And very, you could do that. They're very, they're very cute. It's um, possible you could eat baby chicks every morning. Yeah, but you probably don't. Now I arrived, my myself and my wife. We arrived, <laughs> Baba Wawa. We arrived a week before marriage. Before Dustin and his wife Elena <laughs> arrived onto the island of Kauai. And correct. I came because a, a friend of ours, or a friend of mine, I should say, he yeah. works here. He's in IT, and he went to Samoa for a surfing trip. And yeah. he likes to have people watch his house while he's away. And we decided to come so fill in. sat outside staring at it the yep. entire time. The entire time. I've never once entered in the house proper. <laughs> so Chris and I came a week before, and Dustin and Elena arrived after. Now, I think I figured we'd talk about some of our favorite things I'd probably this be trip. friends with him if you met me. Yeah, probably. And probably. we'd hang out more than you did. Yeah, probably so. That's usually the way it goes. <laughs> you still all my friends. Oh, yeah. But uh, I will say one of my favorite things. So this is my second time to Kauai. I came uh, January 2015 before. We oh, both yeah. really enjoyed that trip. Uh, in that trip, we only stayed a little, like 10 days, and at that time we went up to the, uh, if you go up the mountains of Waimea on the western side of the island, there's the Waimea Canyon, which you've seen in Jurassic Park, and there's a campground up there that we stayed at, which was awesome. And it was a lot of fun. It was really muddy. Is that the one where Sam Neill was laying on top of uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum's yeah. gut? Uh, it's it's <laughs> not quite up Waimea side, but it's up there near Waimea Canyon, and yeah. If you know why, May, you've, if you've seen the opening shot of Jurassic Park when they enter uh, Isla Nublar, the the waterfall there is a shot from Waimea Canyon. They filmed a lot of it here, but they filmed some on the north side too, didn't and they? they? Did yeah. there was some mention yeah. up there when there's, we drove up there? There's a whole helicopter tour of Jurassic Park yeah. stuff, but uh, this time, so if you go all the way to the top of Waimea, um, there you can see down upon the Nepali coast. Yeah, and the Nepali coast is a place where if you want a really really difficult days long trek, you can get to the Nepali coast by foot. Sure. And or you get there by helicopter, and or you get there by boat. 
and right. we decided to take a sunset dinner cruise that was supposed to be. We decided to do the lazy way. We did exactly. Yeah. We just uh, we just we were gonna do. It's supposed to be a four-hour trip. Ended up being five. Yeah. And we went out there, and it's just the the scenery is just staggeringly beautiful. That shows you what he can afford, folks. Right. He could afford that. We we had to skip it because we couldn't pay for it. Now the. It's it's just amazing. I can't even adequately describe how beautiful it is. But if you if you just Google Nepali Coast N A P A L I, you'll see how just amazing it is. But it's really just sometimes it's just about the people sure. that you encounter on these trips. A lot of times, as, we, as we've encountered on cruises and whatnot. Oh yeah. I mean, if you have any proclivity to being sick, motion sick at all, you should not take one of these cruises because that's uh, yeah. It, that's true for a lot a, of these. That's a yeah. <laughs> that's true for a lot of these. Uh, I don't know. Even even if you can see the coast, people can get yeah. sick. They because, get sicker. They tend to get sicker if you can't. But even right. if you can, yeah, I would you could, say that's true for you, a lot of. Places. You could see the coast, not necessarily yeah. the horizon, but you could see the coast. If you can't handle the waves and all that kind of stuff, you could see the horizon, but all it was was yeah. choppy water, and uh, it was really choppy going out there because we're yeah. going against the current. Sure. And almost immediately, people are getting sick. And I'm like, why? I mean, it's not a cheap boat trip either. It's yeah. You're talking, uh, it's like 130 per person, some, some such. Sure. And um, I was really surprised at the number of people that got sick. But By the way, things not necessarily cheap out here. No, no, it's, very, it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. But there were a lot of people that got sick. You know, there was a lady that was, and some really rude people we encountered. So there was a, one couple in particular that they... They, you could tell they were together, but they yeah. seemed apart. The one lady was at the back of the boat. The husband was over there just... I don't know. They never talked to each other. They're yeah. very alone or whatever. Yeah. It seemed like they were really pissed off at each other, which is what I'm I sure. thought they were. Well, apparently she was sick, right? Yeah. And my wife gave, bought these... Uh, I think they're called C-bands, and they're like acupuncture, acupuncture <laughs> bands. I was going to say, I was trying to combine... I don't know what acupuncture is. Well, I was trying to combine acupressure with acupuncture, but yeah. anyways... They help relieve seasickness, and she has one. She gave them to the lady, and supposedly that helped. Well... yeah. They, uh, I, I don't know, at the end of the trip, after the lady done, you know, she had given it after the first vomit, and the lady did a lot better after that. Yeah. And we got to, back to the boat, and the lady came and found us and gave back to us, but neither nor herself nor her husband. Neither ever, nor. Neither nor. Nobody said thank you. Yeah. And Crystal, my wife, was like, your bands? she was like, oh, do you feel better? And she's like, and we're back online. She's like, well, I do now. And just turned around and walked off. I'm like, mm. you can't say thank you. Blew some diarrhea in Tacoma. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that uncommon to, like, yeah. is it just the southern states that are, hosp- <laughs> like, you can't show a little hospitality and say thank you? I don't think that's true, but yeah. Yeah, anyways, there was there was that. Uh, there was one guy there that he just looked like, uh, he'd applied so much sunscreen. Mm-hmm. He was probably, let's say he was probably in his 50s, gray hair, whatever. Yeah. He, 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 it was so thick on his face, he literally looked like a Peter North victim. Yeah. <laughs> Did you add to that? Uh, I did. I was like, you need a little more? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like that? You like sunscreen. <laughs> SPF 20. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Or Anyways, like 100. the entire trip, I'm not that protective now. It's very thin, watery. I thought you might be that covering, not that protective. I'm, I'm that covering, but it's yeah. not. It's no. It's a, it's a very thin, watery oh, okay. coating. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, a, there's that in abundance, but it doesn't protect you that well. <laughs> right. But it's, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that SPF. Yeah. That yeah. copper tone. Uh, get it, but anyways, it was it was literally this like the spray version. It literally looked like the end of a just well, a good or bad gangbang scene. It was yeah. it was it was pretty. It, it was all over yeah. the place. It was his, Mark is the gangbang expert on. This I show. am the gangbang king. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you need to know what a good scene is, hit him up at the Mark on Twitter. 
anyways, uh, <laughs> it just was it was disturbing about the amount yeah. of white sunscreen. He, I don't know if he just didn't know how to apply the sunscreen, yeah, or he got some unusually thick, chalky substance. Uh, yeah, it could be either way. Something, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the thick white sunscreen anyway. I like like the light spray. Version. I do. I mean, it's just about yeah, what health qualities you want. I mean, supposedly like copper tone stuff is way worse for you health wise, but then oh, again, yeah, like but yeah, the. But the thick organic beaver sunscreen that I get, you yeah. know, it's way thicker. It's like a nice paste you have to trowel on. Yeah, I don't like that, though. Yeah. I'll go for the unhealthy that's uh, a little bit lighter on me. Uh, and then you get burned, as you did this week. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, and the other thing that uh, the coast here is awesome. There's Poipu Beach here, which is awesome. I, I haven't been to every beach here. Been to Kalapaki. I haven't been to Shipwreck yet. Been to Poipu, which I've been to many times. I went to Shipwreck. It's pretty nice. Uh, we didn't invite me. I walked out there one day when we were out there. <sighs> Whatever. You didn't invite me. We're going tomorrow. <laughs> All right. But uh, I want to go with the shipwreck. I hope we can do that tomorrow. But, uh, well, the good thing about shipwreck is we can just walk into the Hyatt uh, hotels. True. And they won't care. The pools. So the, the other thing that happened prior to you getting here, pre to you getting here, was uh, I got to have my David Hasselhoff moments, which, you know, <laughs> as, a, as any kid, respectful kid from the 90s, you enjoyed the uh, bouncing men and women down the sure. as they ran down the beach. And I was out at Poipu Beach, and uh, my wife was... Busting out your uh, SPF 100 everywhere? No, just I just covered myself and seen yeah, Okay. Man, well, that's my own, I my own natural sunscreen. I was sunscreen. trying to be nice about it and call yeah. it SPF 100. My own organic sunscreen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, you know, flagrante it into myself and <laughs> strode exactly. out into the... the Waited 20 minutes, of course, because right, you want to make sure it wait. sets yeah. in. And I was uh, frolicking the waves, tra And I went over to... So down the beach a ways, there was a... There's a... Monk seals are an endangered species here in uh, yeah. Kauai. They have and the same haircuts and chanting and everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like They have the tonsure, just like a regular monk. <laughs> right. And uh, when somebody from a hotel or a lifeguard or Generic. just some random passersby spot them, there's a volunteer team that comes out and protects these seals. Yeah. They put up barriers so that they can... Because they, they come up in the day... The generic and, Hawaiian that works here. Yeah. They sleep on the beach, and then at night they go back into the ocean, and they feed in sure. the bottom. Bottom. Kind of like Mark. Exactly. I feed <laughs> in the bottom. Anyways, the, there was one that was protected in there, and then there's a sandbar... Uh, kind of, if you're facing the ocean, it's to your left. And there was a much younger seal out there. And so I went over there, and then one of the volunteers was over there, and I went to listen to her yeah. speak about the endangered species. Go to the species. Marriott here uh, at, I guess it's the south side of uh, Kauai. Yeah. There's a gigantic uh, sandbar out there, which does give you a nice little look to, you know, deeper in the ocean and everything yeah. if you want to walk out there. And so, they're not too anal over there. I mean, you can't walk into the Marriott property or else they'll try to slap you down. Right. But As they did, Dustin. They did. I just sat on the bench for one second to put my shoes on, and security ran up to me yeah. and asked if I was staying there. I was like, no, don't put me in Marriott jail. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Yes. So much prison rape in that Marriott jail. <laughs> Probably so. Uh, you might have been covered in sunscreen yourself. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I went over to the sandbar to listen to this volunteer, and she was talking about the various threats that the seals encounter and how you can tell, like, if it's a tiger shark or... Or various sharks that attack them and things like that. Seals have to avoid SPF 100 <laughs> constantly from all the local guests. <laughs> the most organic of sunscreens. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she, she was walking back, and I was kind of following her back, just listening to questions she was answering. And all of a sudden, this lady was like, "Help! Help!" And she like she was literally like screaming at the top of her lungs. That's- that's Marcus's generic female voice. That's there. that's my reduction of a, of a female screaming because <laughs> all females sound like that. Uh, anyway, she was screaming because her child, uh, with his little boogie board there, had been washed out into the because the current was kind of high at that point. We were, we had just passed high tide, and he had been pulled out to the bay on his boogie board. Except the problem was he could not get back on it. He wasn't actually right. on it. It was disconnected. He had the leash, 
the, the yeah. board leash, but he couldn't get back on it, and he'd been pulled out, and she, I guess, was not a strong enough swimmer. So I got to slowly run down the beach, and I, <laughs> I leapt into the water, and I swam he after ran him. down with his fingertips, just right. his nipples. Just running nipples, his, yeah. yeah. I never once dipped my Super, nipples into the He basically ocean. looked like uh, Anthony Kiedis from the Under the Bridge video. Yeah. Except for your hands covering your nipples. As we discovered this week, uh, your nipples are the barometers of ocean temperature. <laughs> they are. If you yeah. can, if you can dip the nips, you're safe. Yeah, exactly. So I ran after her and I pulled the kid back in, and uh, at least that lady said thank you. Yeah, that's many good. times, and she pointed me out, and you know she decorated me with sheepskins and laurels yeah. that she just happened to have handy. Gave him slight, slightly tiny uh, nipple covers. Yeah, exactly. She gave me yes, uh, nippy, <laughs> nipple blood covers. Handed me a trophy, even. Yeah. Uh, and that, then that had nipples on top of it. And then she gave me a Kahlua pork sandwich, which was really sure, nice. That, and then I ran down nice. the beach again very slowly. Kahlua pork so, is good at it. So here. that was interesting. And then... Pork seed sausage, also very good at it. Also, yes, very good. And then it seemed like just the next day you were there. And we've yeah. had some time to experience things together. Yes, we did. So tell me about your last week. This is your first time to Kauai. Not your first time to Hawaii, yeah. but your first time to Kauai. Yeah, we've... Uh, me and the wife have been out to Hawaii in general. To Maui a couple of times, Oahu one time. Uh, Oahu was actually our wedding or our honeymoon. Uh, my father sent us out here for that, and then uh, we came out twice to Maui. Once for our ten-year anniversary, and once for a friend's wedding. Uh, so this is the first time to Kauai. That's right. They've been married since they were thirteen. Yes, we've been married forever. It was an arranged marriage too, <laughs> basically. And um, so far, uh, island comparisons, I would say Oahu is definitely number three. Uh, Kauai, I would still put at number two and Maui at number one. But mm. that being said, it's hard to rank uh, high end paradise. Uh, it's right. all great. Even even number three Oahu is great, depending on where you go. So, so like here, it's it's obviously way more rural. It's like it yeah. really is like it's like if you took a small town, uh, like a small Texas town, and you stretched and you out it all over the place, all yeah, over a tiny island. Basically, there are one to two main highways that go all over. the center of the island is is a lot of farmland and protected land. I would say there's only one. "Quote unquote major city here, and that's Lahui. I wouldn't say that's major, but it really I'm saying quote unquote. Yeah, well, I'm just saying it's like it's. Did really, you hear the quotes, Mark? I didn't hear any quotes. No, okay, uh, it really is like if you took a small town and stretched it out yeah. like on a on a yarn string all the way there around the island. So the problem is here is traffic is really slow. The highest speed limit you'll see here is about fifty. The traffic is worse here than it was on Oahu or Maui. To be honest yeah. with you, um, Maui is just big enough to be spread out enough that you don't really run into that much traffic. They have a couple of major cities there. Yeah. Uh, but it's also more spread out than here. Uh, Oahu is so big that they have, you know, interstates and stuff to handle this kind of traffic. Right. Uh, Kauai is small enough that just a little bit of traffic makes it really rough. So. It is. If, but, you get, if you get anywhere during rush hour, it's a problem. Yeah. But I would still say I love it. It's very, it's very rural. It's very. Uh, I, I totally understand why they call it the Garden Island because oh my gosh, everywhere you go is, you know, trees and foliage and right. you know it's farmland and it's super it's, rural it's very wild out here they have a couple little retail centers but other than that it's so wild uh so if you really want to get away from it all i think why out of the three i've seen mm. is the most away from it all right um the one i could sustain the most on is probably uh maui just because it has enough uh big city amenities but also has enough rule yeah there's so kind of a nice combo there's uh the two main stores here are there's a couple of safeways there there's are, one Costco. There's one Costco, one Walmart, and one Kmart. Yeah. And then so it's very rural. There's a local chain here called the Big Save, which is a local yeah. grocery store. They have one uh, Times uh, supermarket. Yeah, and, and Long's Drugs. But, yeah, Long's I mean, Drugs. But it's pretty pretty rural. Yeah, pretty pretty rural overall. If you enjoy the slower life, this is definitely a good place to be. Now, one thing we've encountered this week is that we narrowly avoided 
uh, Hurricane Darby, which <laughs> it stayed Tropical Storm Darby. Yeah. But the problem here is that, so we're staying in Kalaheo, which is on the south side of the island. Yep. And we're up on a up on a hill for, I mean, it would be a mountain in Texas, but it's a hill here. Sure. And it is, it's been, it's not as bad today as it was yesterday. So Dustin and his fancy <laughs> ass went and stayed at the Grand Hyatt, which was yeah. literally about 700, seven or 800 a night. Oh my God. If anybody stays there, just <laughs> FYI, they nickel and dime you for everything. We're it's, talking about a $20 pot of coffee. Yeah. That's how expensive And it what, is a $76 there. breakfast? Uh, yeah, it was, it Before was actually an $80 breakfast and an $80 dinner uh, for room service. And we're, this was not a luxury. So we're talking about burger fries and a beer and a wine. Before just the tip, right? Yeah, that was before the tip. Yeah, yeah. Well, they include the twenty one percent. So oh, okay. I just lift that on there. So if you're, I don't add. Extra if you want a standard of comparison, if you've seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall, they're staying at the Turtle Bay. That's basically where Dustin stayed the last couple nights. It's, it, and honestly, it might not be quite as nice as that. Yeah, at least from pictures. Yeah, it's pretty it's ridiculous. Nice, but it I, is I don't nice. think it's that nice. And uh, so we're at my friend's house. Where we're staying at. He hasn't. It's pretty no AC here. Pretty common to not have air conditioner here. And yeah. every other day prior to Tropical Storm Darby showing up was you'd have 15 to 20 mile an hour winds it's maybe a little bit warm during the day but the yeah. rest of the time like sleeping's no problem yeah it's, it's super it's cool at night so the problem is darby showed up and it went through honolulu went through oahu yeah um and then it hit uh Kauai and just sucked all the wind out yeah there's like a trade wind path here or something that that totally stopped on and just stopped yeah. all the winds and so yesterday oh my god it, even Oh, you have no idea. Even walking around, though, yeah, like we, we went to the uh, yesterday. We went to the north side of the island and went out and Donnelly. did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and super sweaty anywhere you'd go. Uh, yes, I I'm not trying to say I compare it because we did have AC in the room. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yesterday was the day to have AC. Yeah, we're we're lucky that at least we had a, an additional box fan we could use that we could spray yeah. directly on us. But it was literally so bad at one point that we had all the fans on here and high at the house. We had there was again zero wind yesterday. It was somewhere around like 87 or 88 degrees mm-hmm. no wind you're high in the mountains you're inside of a house yeah. and even with windows open we were no wind coming through doesn't it, help it's one of those things where it's so hot that how hot is it uh we were sitting on the couch close to each other because the box fan is such a narrow he, channel of, of he fandom crushed out is what he's trying to say and we couldn't touch each other because it was so hot yeah. but we had to be near each other to enjoy the uh box fan stream yeah and we were just, oh my God, we were pitting out. I was pitting out, <laughs> onion crotching all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it was bad. So we was invited so bad. them over to the luxurious resort so yeah. they could swim and yeah. try to calm down the pitting. Because we enjoyed, uh, I think we went somewhere. Oh, yeah, we went to uh, Opeka'a Falls. We took showers before that. Then we came back yeah. and took showers again after yeah. the fact. And we went to Wailua Falls as well. And uh, then we went to your to enjoy five minutes of uh, air conditioning, your lovely uh, <laughs> hotel stay. Well, you so. got to enjoy the pool longer than that, so yeah. that helped. So tell me, what uh, your first time here, what, what have been your favorite things while you've been here? Uh, I would say my favorite things have been uh, going up to the north side, uh, up by Tunnels Beach, and then beyond that, uh, up to Princeville and that kind of area. I thought the uh, or Hanalei is up there, too. Yeah. Uh, Hanalei Bay is really cool. they got a couple of cool restaurants up there. Uh, unfortunately, we made the dumb decision to drive up there on a Monday when everything on Kauai is closed Sunday and Monday. At least so in Honolulu. Well, well, beyond that, the lighthouse was closed. Well, the uh, the gardens true. were closed. Like every state park type thing is closed Sunday and Monday. Right. Just so FYI to anybody else does yes. that. But even saying that, that was probably my favorite part of the island. I like the east side and the north side probably the best. East side? Yeah. And then, uh, why, know, why is that? Why is that your favorite? I think it has the most. Uh, I, I think it has the highway has the best ocean views. I think the 
just the look of it is so if you're going to be in a rural island i mean that is super rural up there right and i actually kind of like that um so if anybody wants to buy up there there's a lot of real estate available right if anybody out there can afford it because most traffic but, too uh, at least in Lahui. Not so much on the north side. Well, Lahui. Lahui is not really north, side. though. Yeah, well, it's more east and southeast. East, but Kappa, get, Lahui, it's terrible. I'm talking about like the Honolulu side. Oh, Honolulu like, now, it's, yeah. it's nice up there. Uh, there's not a ton of traffic, but, man, it's it's super rural. I mean, it's yeah. going to take you a good hour to get to any kind of store or anything you want to do. But yeah, when we went to the uh, Limahuli Gardens, we went from Kalaheo to there. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is not a big island. Yeah. Uh, it's not really big at all, but... Uh, it took us an hour and a half to get to Limahuli, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Limahuli, Limahuli, whatever. But it's not that... Everything you hear, see, it's like... It seems like everything is about five miles away. Yeah. And keep in mind, like, if you're traveling a normal, uh, you know, lower 48, uh, or I guess upper 49 sure. in this case, speeds, it'd probably take you about five minutes to get there. Even come from Kalaheo to go to uh, the Waimea Canyon, I yeah. mean, that takes a long time. That yeah. Take, that, you're... Dedicating half a day minimum to do that. Well, we went today. Uh, we went to the Kauai Beer Company and the uh, Meadery, which we're about to have the interview with. And coming back from there, like I think we sat in one yeah. less than a mile of traffic, and it probably took us thirty minutes to get through there. Yeah. Don't worry, folks. We're still talking about beer. On this we are. Podcast. We are. We are. We're just giving you a little Hawaiian background. Yeah, a little Hawaiian pleasure for your face. Uh, uh, you know, on the beer front, um, to you know maybe bring it back to what our show's about. Uh, the Coronado Brewing Company. Have you ever had them before now? I've not. I am not familiar with them. We went to the uh, Gaylords. There's a there's a so there's a place over here that does a, a luau. There's the Kaloa Rum Company, which we went to. Yeah, and a rum tasting. And they do a rum tasting. And then there's a bar around the corner. There's mm-hmm. a, kind of a really, really, really. It's like the nicest shopping center I've ever seen. Like, yeah. you wouldn't think it's a shopping center. It looks like it looks like a giant restaurant, right. like a Gaylord hotel or something. At any rate, there's a Gaylord's restaurant, and there's has an awesome bar in there. Oh my god, it's the nicest. It's really, again, literally. It looks like a huge living room with a big ass bar in it. Yeah, so and it looks awesome. uh, It's really, really nice. It's got, it's really the nicest bar I've ever been to. But we went over there and yeah, uh, hung out. Um, Well, and I mentioned that because I'm drinking right now. I actually was able to find uh, another bottle of this at the local Safeway. Yeah, but uh, at that particular place, they offered up a Coronado Brewing Company uh, Islander IPA. Yeah. And this one doesn't actually fit in the normal realm that I would like because it uh, features a lot of Columbus hops, and those aren't normally my favorite. But uh, they have enough Centennial and uh, Centennial hops and West Coast hops to counter it out. And I would say, um, it's it's very much like if you ever travel to New Orleans, and everywhere in New Orleans, all you see is a Beta. Yeah. If you ever travel to Hawaii, all you ever see in Hawaii is mostly Kona in and Maui. occasionally Maui. Yeah. Mostly Kona, occasionally Maui. There's also Big um, Island Brewing Company, and then Big there's... Island Brew House and Big Island Brewing Company show up every now and again. And there's Lanakai as well, right? But I mean, I, and then locally there's the Kauai Island Beer, uh, sorry, Kauai Island Brewing Company, which is a brew pub. Sure, and we'll Kauai talk about Beer them company. later too. But I know. I just wanted to mention that. Sure, but I'm just saying, like you know, you drive anywhere around the states, you see Bud Light, Miller Light. Right. You drive anywhere around Hawaii, you see Kona. Uh, longboard lager, or you, right. you might see Castaway IPA or something like that. So it was kind of nice. I don't have a problem with Castaway IPA, but you know, it's it is what it is, and you have it enough, you mm-hmm. want something else. So it was kind of nice to see something different. And I would say that this uh, Coronado uh, Islander IPA 
I would give that two thumbs up. And we should mention it's not Hawaiian. I don't know. No, if it's that. not Hawaiian. It's, it's actually from California. Yeah, it's from California. Coronado, California. But it's one of the few alternatives we had here, other than your uh, ABM Dev. Yeah, and, and again on the brewing or on the beer front, uh, Hawaii does get a decent amount of Oregon and California beers. Uh, you have to search them out a little bit more. Uh, I would say um, the shoots is fairly common. Yeah, the shoots. Rogue, um, Rogue is here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a couple other ones in California, like Lagunitas is fairly common. You know, some of the bigger California breweries. Right. Uh, you don't really get anything else outside of those California breweries, yeah. but you do get that mixed with the Hawaiian breweries. And as we mentioned here shortly in the interview, there's not a big craft beer scene on no. Kauai. It's it's really a, a very much a niche community. The Big right Island now. apparently has the biggest right. craft beer scene here. Yeah. So yeah, the the Coronado, just the what's the name of that IPA? It's uh, it's Islander Islander IPA. Yeah, it's it's really good if you ever ever have a chance to, to have it. It's it's really well balanced. It's yeah. it's a really lovely uh, shade of uh, yellow gold. Very yellow clean, gold, very smooth, clean taste. Well, uh, really well balanced and a nice white head on. There's it. a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of pine, but most yeah. of it is very smooth. It's really, it, I mean, as the name says, it's really appropriate. It's to be not honest. an ass kicker double IPA no. or anything. It's a very smooth single IPA, and and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And before we get to enter, we should just mention as we experience at the bar. Sure. Apparently, you're not allowed to have any sort of liquor in your hand, and also have so you can't double fist a liquor and a beer. Right. You True. can only have Hawaii does have slightly strict liquor laws. Yeah, it's weird. So laws. there are liquor laws that you can yeah. buy for any grocery store, which is really nice. I wish Texas yeah. would adopt that. You can buy until 11 p.m., which in Texas we have till nine. Mm-hmm. And I think you can start selling at 6 a.m. If I could be wrong on that. Until 9 at liquor stores. Yeah, 11 a.m. to 6 a.m. you can't sell. Yeah. But after that, it's fully open. But you can't but double... you don't have to worry with the liquor store thing. Yeah, Yeah, but you can't double fist. Right. Which sucks. Because I was trying to yeah. get... We were trying to split a bomber of this Islander IPA. And because I had a rum and coke in my hand, he would not allow me to He's have a pint. ass off. He couldn't, couldn't drink it. He wouldn't let me IPA. He wouldn't let me have a glass of the IPA. So yeah. I had to wait until I was done with the uh, rum and coke or whatever that was. So... Do you have any other beer experiences here? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, then what we're going to talk about next week. But uh, really, I also that's... had one with the Golden Brew Company out of uh, out of uh, California as well. It was another IPA they offered on the. Uh, we went up to Hanalei. We went to a place called Calypso, which Mark has also been to. Mm-hmm. Mark and Crystal, and uh, it's a nice little like it's kind of like a little pub. It's not. Not anything exceptional, but yeah. it was also good. I mean, I wouldn't run them down. They were good. If yeah. you're up there, it's a good place to stop. Uh, that IPA I didn't like quite as much as the Coronado, but it was it was good to experience yet another right. another new IPA, and it was good. And it's good to see that uh, you know even the little tiny rural uh, island of Kauai actually has a decent amount of diversity on that front. So yeah. you don't have to be stuck with like a you know a Bud Light and only Kona. Well, just be aware you're gonna have if you're from the upper 49, you have much more limited selection here. So oh yeah, uh, just be aware of that when you come to this island. Uh, it's if you really well, lower want to, 48 in Alaska, Mark tries to lump Alaska into it like they're. I said upper 49. We're not. Can't say lower 48 because we're we're in the below. So, well, but they call it the lower 48. I know that, but we're in the lower 48, so you have to say refer to the mainland as the upper 49. Uh, I guess, or maybe Islander say the, Mark maybe say the upper 48 then. All right, Islander Mark. <laughs> All right. Well, finally, I know you've been Fake desperately Mark. You've been desperately waiting for this. Uh, finally, we get to the interview with Stephanie from Nani Moon. You should be desperately waiting it because she's a very nice person. She it's a good is. Interview. We went to this. We should say that we went to this uh, meadery. I, I, I guess that's the right word yeah, for a meadery. Right. And uh, we found a list of the breweries that were available on the island. We went there, and we were sitting there just having a few glasses, sampling, having a flight. Yep. And she was very, very welcoming and absolutely explained everything, made recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. And I just took a, you know, uh, 
decided to see what would happen. It was like, do you if mind you if come you to Kauai, you should run by there. You should. It's a very nice place. Yeah. And she was a very nice lady. She was very, very open and welcoming, yes. and uh, it was great. So if you want to see pictures from this, you can go to Instagram.com slash brewbloods. You can visit uh, the Nani Moon website. And I would highly recommend, I would highly recommend you at least, even if you don't join the uh, Mead Club, yeah. that you at least buy maybe a couple of bottles of their mead because it's not it's not quite wine it's not quite beer it's somewhere in between say this no no experienced it and we think it's good yeah i think we both like the deviant which was a it's a a spicy one it's a it's got a it's called deviant and it's got a sweet up front and a spicy bottom and much like we like our women exactly it was very very tasty it would grow go really really great with uh some some uh, Mexican food or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. But she had a, that's that wasn't the only one. She had a lot of great uh, meads there, which we yes. really enjoyed. So enjoy your interview with Stephanie from Nani Moon. We're here with Stephanie from Nani Moon, the owner and head brewer. Is that the right word for a meadery? Yeah, mead maker, mazer. <laughs> mazer. I've never heard that word before. So tell us, we just stopped in here. We're trying to visit all the local breweries in Kauai, and there's only three that we know of, right? There's Kauai Island, there's Kauai Beer Company, and then we found you guys. Yes. We were looking on top breweries. So how did you get started in, in making mead? I was really focused on sustainable uh, land use, mm-hmm. agriculture. Yeah. Uh, so it was sort of a different uh, pathway than just being inter- interested in brewing. Um, I was looking into ways into how we can maximize our agricultural resources here. Okay. Um, so... Hives in general, beehives, pollination is just critical to diversified agriculture. And what really is effective in Hawaii and agriculture is growing, selling, and buying locally. Right. Uh, so that's really where the premise came from. I had never drank mead before. Mm-hmm. I just knew it existed. Right. And um, the varieties that, that I have really come from my food and wine background. So they're crafted to be in, enjoyed like wines, but with all the different flavors of the islands. So tell me, I guess let's go to your background. So did you grow up in, on, uh, in Hawaii? Uh, no, I'm actually from the East Coast, Philadelphia. Okay. I went to school at University of Miami in Florida, okay. and I studied marine science, biology, and chemistry. And I came out of that really focused on sustainable yeah. land use patterns because right. everything we do on land goes into the ocean. So how did you, how did you then make the, the trip to Kauai or, Kauai or Hawaii in general? Uh, straight to Kauai, and I moved here right after college. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, did you go into the marine sciences when you got here, or did you just... I did a little bit of it, but yeah. I really stayed focused on the on the land. Okay. And um, I worked with the National Tropical Botanical Garden for about 13 years before mm. I started the business. Yeah. And um, working with them, with my degree, they actually contracted me to do uh, reef research okay. um, on their adjacent reefs. So I, I did work in, in the water for a while, um, but a, a lot of my background in on Kauai uh, turned into food and beverage and mead making. So, okay. So, how do you go from that angle of things? How do you make the transition, or where, where do you get into food and wine, and then how does that take you here? Um, well, this is a this is a beverage. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you said with your food and wine background. I guess yeah. I was curious about that. Uh, well, no, I just worked in some of the really great restaurants here okay. on, on Kauai. Um, started off at Gaylord's. Um, the general manager at that point was um, one of the top sommeliers on the island, and he really started teaching me about. Um, about flavor profiling, food pairing, um, just different unique wines in general. Um, and that's, it was actually when I was working at Gaylord's where I started making mead at home. And okay. so I'd bring my mead into, um, into Gaylord's and, you know, just share my product with the chefs and the bar and, and, and get 
feedback. Okay. Um, I moved to Roy's, which has a, a super extensive wine training program uh, mm. for their servers. And then I moved to the Princeville Hotel. Okay. So all of those establishments really brought me into some of the fine wines um, and, and that style. So what was the moment that... What, what tipped you to start making meat at home? Uh, it just came to me in about 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just saw, um, you know, I just witnessed beehives in the native forest, and immediately I understood that the native forest here would have economic potential just by existing if we, um, if we put beehives out right. there. Um, and also, for again, with the diverse, diversified agriculture, putting uh, hives on farms helps with pollination. Um, it was just a few weeks after I sort of came up with that idea that I remembered about mead and um it seems to be like somewhat of a lost art and it really I, is you don't hear it talked about anymore and i've heard recently that mead is slowly starting because it's an older beverage than beer even there's yes. you know they've found records that uh, i don't know how many like at least a thousand years older than beer the oldest beer uh records they found is that they found mead going back that far and it seems like it's becoming it's slowly making its way back i heard about it about again about 10 years ago for the first time and they were making some people were making it in their backyard, and then now I'm starting to hear about little spots. We don't have it in Dallas yet, but as far as I know, but I'm slowly you're hearing about it a little bit on the East Coast, little pockets here and there. And then we came here and we found this, and we're interestedly because it's a fermented beverage. From people who don't know, it's a fermented beverage, just like beer. It's just got a it's got a longer history. So I'm really interested in, in that whole process. So, um, Well, I mean, actually, mead, you're right about the fact that mm. mead is the oldest alcoholic beverage, right. um, predating both beer and wine. And, and there, are, there are traces of mead dating back over 10,000 years okay. in society. 10,000, wow. Um, across the world. Right. So a lot of people relate mead traditionally to uh, Northern European. Mm-hmm. Um, but their existence of mead in um, African, Asian, Native American cultures... What's interesting about mead is it was able to be created in nature prior to man, really. Um, you know, back in, you could think about the African Sahara Plains where there was a rainy season and a beehive, mm-hmm. and those bees fled the hive uh, from the hole in the tree. Wet season comes, rainwater comes, wild yeast come, and so mead was, being, was able to be created in itself in nature without the help of man. So really coining that name, the nectar of the gods, mm-hmm. because people were able to discover it right. uh, that way before modern agriculture. Right. So both beer and wine really came into play when cultures started cultivating their own crops, mm-hmm. where mead was something that could be made prior to that. Um, Bringing us back to modern days, when, when I opened in 2007, um, there was about 65 licensed meteries in the United States. Today, there's over 200, so the industry has tripled wow. uh, since then. And um, according to the U.S. Mead Makers Association, mead in general is the fastest, even, even though it's the smallest, it's the fastest growing sector of the U.S. alcohol industry right, right now. So it's, it's growing at, at an exponential rate. Yeah, and you're seeing, I know in the BJCP, uh, which is the Beer Judge Certification Program, they have their own, it's slowly up growing, but they have their own uh, judging program just for mead now. And you're slowly seeing judges pop up doing that. And that's great because, you know, again, my background is food and wine. And when Mm -hmm. I first started marketing, I was marketing to the the wine community. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize, even though I was so successful in in, in my ventures in the wine world, how particular wine drinkers can be. Mm -hmm. And so in the past five years, the the people who have really, uh, you know gotten interested in mead have been the brewers and the craft beverage community right and um that's really who we embrace right now and you know as i create new varieties i I keep that community in mind so uh, can you speak to the 
I guess, what is the craft beer scene like on Kauai? I, I don't know about Hawaii in general. We've got a couple of bottles of uh, Big Island Brewing and back at the house. But um, what is the fermentation scene, I guess, for lack of a better term here in the Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's small. Yeah. Uh, there is a small uh, brew club. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to it a few times. Yeah. Um, when I started making mead 16 years ago, there was really nobody that yeah. I knew of. Um, and so, you know, my, my background, I'm completely self-taught. I, I mm-hmm. went online. I sort of researched what I needed, basically a carboy, siphon hose, mm-hmm. airlock, and right. yeast. Everything and, you need to make beer. Right, exactly. Right. And so I just started using different, you know, local fruits and, and ingredients here uh, with, with, with honey as the main ingredient. Okay. Um, so with that, there, there is a small community, but it is, it's, it's, not, it's not very big. Right. Um, the Big Island has a much larger craft brew community. And right. so every year, there's a Kona Brew Fest which happens the second Saturday in March. And that's a great event for any beer lover to come to if they want to make a trip to Hawaii. They also have a home brewers competition that week. And if you log on to their website, the Kona Brewers Festival, you can send in your en- your en- entries from across the across the country. Okay. So they really do love um, they really do love to see um, brews outside of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just going back to the craft brew community in Hawaii, that's definitely the largest. So when you decided to okay, when did you decide? Uh, I guess when you decided to open up your place, mm-hmm. how was how hard was it to to get established here? <laughs> you know, it's it's not easy. I mean, yeah. you know, it's things are not cheap here. Right. Um, you know, what, what one of our um, advantages is that all of our raw materials are sourced locally, mm-hmm. and that's the premise of the business and why I started making mead was to s- local sourcing. So it's one of the reasons why I never worked with beer and and grape wine. Um, the most expensive thing for me right now in terms of uh, materials would be uh, the bottles, which come from California. So shipping is outrageous. Okay. It's one of the other reasons why you don't see a lot of uh, Hawaii breweries bottling their beer because that packaging, in addition to paying for the raw materials, which are imported, um, it makes it too expensive to sell in a bottle. Right. So um, there are some... You know hurdles to get over that, so you do see some a, a little bit um, more coming up. But you know those are some of the hurdles in in the beverage community here. So maybe this is a dumb question: Could you put meat in a can and would it still taste? Yeah, great? there are some meaderies that, that can. Okay. Um, again, because we're the only one in the state, right? And the only one on Kauai, it's, you know, it's we don't have these shared resources like other places on the mainland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, California, there's mobile bottling units, and you know, there's you have you, you can buy used equipment and so right. we don't have those resources right. here so that's it makes it some of the challenge for growth and especially something like canning which would mm-hmm. be a really huge investment yeah you, yeah, you have to have in ample space here i'm assuming right. this is your main this production facility too yeah, right a thousand square feet yeah so tell me about the process what's the difference between when you make beer versus mead what's the key difference other than honey obviously um well every mead maker has different methodology mm-hmm. um but one big difference is the lack of heat um, at least in my methodology, we mm-hmm. keep the honey raw from start to finish. There okay. are mead makers who feel they need to boil their honey, um, but that's not my philosophy. Um, so basically, it's it's a raw process. It's a cold process. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's no heating. Um, so I think that's a big difference, uh, you know, versus brewing. And what's the difference between heating it up? I mean, for a boil, obviously, you want to get some more of the uh, get the whole process started. Uh, what's the advantage in your mind for doing for not boiling? 
uh, you get you still get all the live uh, benefits okay. of the honey. I mean, honey is such a nutritionally rich mm-hmm. uh, resource, right. um, filled with antibiotic potential and just all these different microbes. So. One philosophy in boiling the honey is you're killing those, but one mm-hmm. philosophy in not boiling it is you're keeping them there, right. making the end product actually healthful. Yeah, and, so, the, yeah. and there's enough sugar there naturally just for the yeast to automatically feed on. Exactly. At the same time. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you how do you feel like uh, I don't have really any experience with mead? How do you feel like that lends a taste difference between your want your mead and somebody who does boil? Um. Or is there one? I mean, well, there is. There are taste differences. Um, I don't know if w- when I've when I've tasted other other um, whether it's like a small mm-hmm. craft brew or another commercial meaderies mead whether they boil or not. Right. But um, you know, my methodology is because of all the local sourcing, um, because we use um, fruit fresh, freshly juiced. We co-ferment, meaning the fruit is part of the fermentation process mm-hmm. rather than fruit flavored. I mean, our meads are are considerably different than anything you're going to ever taste. Right. Because they're fresh. Yeah. And, okay, and I guess lastly, like, uh, you've got, you've got uh, here on the menu, you've got uh, about six, six different uh, meads here. How do you, when you're making your recipes, do you just kind of, where do you get your inspiration from? And, or, or do you start somewhere or do you just throw a bunch of something in a pot? <laughs> I mean, where well, do you? I used to, I mean, you know, as a home brewer, I used to just work with anything yeah. that I could find at the farmer's market. But as I went commercial, I, I was really like, what fruits can we get um, in abundance yeah. at, at a good price? Right. So something like lychee, mm-hmm. you know, is super expensive across the board. Right. So it's, it's not something I work with a lot. But like we use star fruit, passion fruit, uh, the mountain apple, pineapples. These are fruits that when they're in season, they're mm-hmm. in abundance and I can get them at a good price and we can work with them and make a lot. Okay. Um, you know, I am working now with more straight meads, mm-hmm. um, which are just traditional meads. Um, those uh, are still in five-gallon batches. I'm actually working on a few coffee meads nice. using um, a, the, a, a local Big Island coffee roaster. So I'm always experimenting um, in five-gallon batches, and when they are ready, mm-hmm. they go on the board behind us, and um, the first dibs go to the Mead Club members, which is you know, a, a little small group. We do quarterly shipments hmm. that really anybody can be a part of. But So the Mead Club members get first access to those small batches. So is that uh, it's just an organization you're part of that ships different meads to different people? Well, it's people? our organization. Oh, it's your organization. Okay. <laughs> the Mead Club. Well, yeah. like uh, I know we have, like, uh, Dustin is a member of a beer club, yeah. and they gather from different places yeah. and then ship you some, so I wasn't sure exactly how that yeah, worked. Yeah, well, I mean, if we had more more meaderies to choose from here we'd work with those but no it's it's basically us so the mead club basically is a quarterly shipment of our most recent bottlings out of the large tanks and some of our small batch selections um, one of the other fun things we're doing with the with the small batch meads is working on sours. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. So, so again, but they're done off off premise. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it doesn't contaminate everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. All of the small batches are, are made off premise. Are you doing work. any open air fermentation? Not really. Yeah. No. There's a, there's too many microbes here. Right. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So and and just wrap it up. I know you gotta. I don't want to keep you here, but. Uh, have you found then how's business been in the last seven months? Have you been received by the community? I mean, obviously you've been here for quite a while now. Seven so years. Seven years is um, that's a long run for some breweries, even. So yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean it's slowly growing. When I first right. started making my first commercial batches of mead, no one knew what mead was. It was still very very young in the industry, extremely mm-hmm. young in the community. Um, so it's it's growing. It's growing slowly. Yeah. And it's it's one step at a time. Educating people one step at a time. There are people on this island who ha- still have never been here or tasted 
Mead. But it, Kauai is a very small, slow community. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they're, they're not as quick to grasp onto something new. Um, so, um, you know, again, our, our best event that we go to and participate in is the Kona Brew Fest. Mm-hmm. And we do get the most love out of that community in terms of appreciation. Yeah. But it is slowly growing and, and people really understanding our concept, our philosophy, um, our support for the community. And all of that um, brings brings our success. Well, congratulations on everything. I mean, seven years is, is no small feat in this in the fermentation industry. So uh, you want to tell everybody where you can find your, more information about your products? Yeah, well, we just updated our website. So you can visit nanimoonmead.com. It's N-A-N-I. N-A-N-I, Moon, Mead, M-E-A-D. And, um, you know, if you want to order from there, um, you can email us directly. We can send you an order form direct from the meadery. As well as uh, we work with the Kona Wine Market, which is there's a link to them on our website where you can order online. Okay, great. Well, thanks for your time, Stephanie. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, aloha. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Stephanie from Nani Moon. You better Again, have. You can uh, just search for Nani Moon, N-A-N-I, Moon. as conventionally Mark will personally slap you if you didn't like it. And I, again, I would highly recommend that you take the time if uh, take the time to buy some of her meads, get them shipped to your house, and at least try it. Yes. If you have a meadery near you, I would, I would sincerely suggest you try it because it really was not what I expected. After yes. the, the only other time I've had mead, it was really, really thick and syrupy. It didn't really jive with my palate, which, but yeah, you know, her mead, style was good at least. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's all meads these days, but hers is good. I, I can't say. She said uh, apparently after the interview, she was saying that we have three. Just in Texas, we have three meaderies. I'm not aware of that at all, but that's good to know. Yeah. Maybe we can seek them out. But we won't. But we should. If you know someone who doesn't like beer but really likes wine, this is kind this of a is good. It's a good way to get them into fermented beverages. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice bridge. It really is because the flavors are super complex. Yeah, it's a lot like uh, a lot like beer. The beer itself is it's super complex. Sure, it's to me because I I got to be honest with you. I'm not a wine guy. I'm not a vinophile, and a lot of wine. Always, I'll drink wine, but it's not my. Yeah, I, I like it, but it yeah. kind of always tastes the same to me. Not yeah, all me of it, but like if I taste the Sauvignon Blanc versus Sauvignon Blanc, it kind of all tastes like, the oh, same. It's another Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, yeah and. But I will say, like, each of her meads tasted significantly different from the last it one. It did. She had a and good variety. Has she had a really good, like, flavor profiles, especially on that deviant that we talked about earlier. Uh, and just some, and she had a macadamia nut one, the, which uh, was awesome. What was the other one called? Uh, something Moon. I can't, I'm, I apologize. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, that one was really sweet and, but not, not, like, overly sweet. Not, like, super honey sweet. It had just, like, enough... Had enough sweet to it that it kind of stuck out, but it wasn't. I remember that was one of the first ones you actually uh, exclaimed at the top of your lungs and loved. So. Well, they had the Latka's nectar, the pineapple lime, the winter sun, the ginger spice, the cacao moon, and then I cacao moon. That's the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and that I left apparently cut off part of the picture, but yeah. Anyways, the that Deven- one that one's that was really really solid. Yeah, that, that's the one that uh, has the macadamia and nuts. In really, it. not that any of them were bad. They were all. They I enjoyed all of them. Yeah, honestly. It was great. Yeah, so Some thanks stuck out more, but I liked them all. Well, thanks, Stephanie, for that. Uh, we took a took a flight on it, and it worked out for yeah, us. So absolutely. thanks again. Check again. Check them out. Just search for Nani Moon N A N I Moon. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to another episode of Brew Bloods. You can, uh, if you have any feedback on the show, you can call us at four six nine six six five nine eight two seven. You can email us at brewbloodsshow at gmail.com. We have we are on Reddit reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. Oh, right, Facebook. Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are Brewbloods on all of those platforms. And you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com. Is there any new uh, social media that we're on? 
Nope. Oh, okay. Just Pokemon Go, which we're not part of. <laughs> Maybe we'll put a... We'll uh, on Peach, right? A uh, Brewbloods Pokemon out there. You can go find our giant heads. <laughs> exactly. It'll All just right. be us holding a beer, and you can catch us. We'll get you It'll guys be like on... the easiest level. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even open your phone. Exactly. Open your phone. It's so old school. <laughs> I mean, turn on your phone, press the middle button. On that, uh, for Mark, I'm Dustin. Uh, for Dustin, I'm Mark. Probes. Probes. Aloha.